The Man War Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical, paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com and use the promo code MANHOR. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Alt Playground. APG is more than just a place to find couples to swap with. Alt Playground is a lifestyle community for all non-monogamous and sexually adventurous people to connect and share. And you know I started a profile. Join me over at altplayground.net. That's A-L-T playground.net. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. My sincerest shout-outs to all of you Zoom zaddies and Skype sluts, you kick kinksters, and all of you FaceTime facefuckers. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. If you jerk off during a Zoom work call, and no one knows you're jerking off, was there any harm caused? It's the modern-day version of if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it doesn't make a sound. Now, I'm not going to advocate for jerking off at work. But if you feel so compelled that you just mm, must rub one out, uh, do it like everybody else, do the decent thing, and go do it quietly in the bathroom. In a stall, I should be specific. No jerking it in the sink, you know? Because no one's hurt in that scenario. Like years ago, I had a submissive woman uh, who I, I used to send her to the bathroom like all the time when she was at work. And I would tell her, like, put in a butt plug or masturbate. Send me a picture of your tits. And it's all fine because no one else was involved. If someone comes into the bathroom, though, and they can hear you masturbate, even unbeknownst to you. Well, now you've involved this other person. Even if it was an accident, right? Like, even if it was an accident that the porn's audio switched on or your coworker has, like, superhuman hearing and can hear the squirt, 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 squirt. No matter the reason, if they can tell, you might get fired and you deserve to be. Sound too risky? Uh, You know, then don't take the risk. You don't have to masturbate at work. I feel like the incel-y guy a couple weeks ago who sent that big old email, I feel like he's going to disagree with me on this one. (laughs) <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, you know, like today, many of us are still working from home, right? Uh, we're doing a lot of Zoom calls with colleagues and clients and such. Many of us have you know, gone pretty lax about our dress codes. Many of us are only now choosing to wear pants again between nine and five. But not soon to be former New Yorker employee Jeffrey Tubin. But not soon to be former New Yorker reporter Jeffrey Tubin who got caught last week, what a fucking idiot, Jeffrey Tubin, who got caught last week jerking off on camera during a work call. Tubin uh, claims he didn't know his camera was on, but then again, I'm sure many women and, and some fellas will, will definitely attest to this. People have been receiving unsolicited nudes via email and text message from their bosses and coworkers ever since cell phones started featuring cameras. And they've what 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 do they say, right? They've calmly tried to get out of it by saying, "Oh, OMG, I am 
oh, I am so sorry. Oh, gosh, that I meant to send that picture of my hairy asshole to my wife that I'm separated from. So it totally wasn't for her. It was definitely meant for you. Can we pretty please forget about this? It's like, uh uh-huh, okay, sure, Elon, I'm sure. I'm sure that was an accident. Many of Tubin's defenders online are trying to excuse him for his age and it being an embarrassing technical error that, oh, haven't we all done that? But it's like, no, we haven't. Like, we, we haven't all made that error while jerking off, while pointing the camera directly at our genitals. Yeah, this wasn't even like a case of like coworkers were like, hmm, why is Jeff arm going so weird? No, like it was just a screen of dick. Even just the whole not turning his camera off thing. I mean, fuck, man, that's an April of 2020 mistake. It is October 2020. Most of us now know how to use Zoom. And at minimum, we all know that these gaffes happen. And if you didn't take extra care to double check your camera, that's on fucking you. Now. I'm not going to advocate for jerking off during Zoom work calls. But if you do decide to virtually go to the bathroom, but instead of going to the bathroom, you're going to go to hotmovies.com right there at your desk. I'm not going to feel bad if you get caught. Like, because no one is harmed if your camera and microphone are off during a group Zoom call. No one's hurt there. If you decide to like, ah, I don't know, take out the Hitachi while your boss goes over his redundant PowerPoint presentation, you know, the one with all the unnecessary word art animations. It's like, hey, Timothy, it doesn't matter how many times the word profit spins in a circle. I'm still not going to pay attention. But as soon as you accidentally unmute your microphone and people hear you screaming, yes, daddy, hey, you fucked up and you might get fired and you deserve it. We have a a dirty group chat for my $10 Patreon members called The Peep Show. I'm sure you've heard of it by now. For years, you know, we've been sending nudes to each other. And yes, even during work hours. And honestly, I've seen people send stuff like, but you know what? If you're getting your work done and no one sees you taking nudes or looking at nudes, I don't see any harm being caused. Like, I can't point to the person who is wronged in that scenario. Just don't make a mess for the janitor to clean up with your WAP. The reason you're not supposed to jerk off at work, you know, besides productivity concerns and porn viruses, is that someone might see you. And they shouldn't have to even maybe see you. No one should ever, ever worry about opening a door at work and even maybe seeing your dick. So it's on you to make double, triple, quadruple sure that you're not going to get caught. If you get caught, you very likely may traumatize that person. And your nut is not nearly as important as the well-being of your coworkers. Now, I'm not advocating for jerking off at work. What I am advocating for is caring enough about other people when you're horny that you make sure you never even maybe traumatize a coworker with your sex life, especially now in 2020, like especially now when we've all gone pretty extra virtual for the last seven months, especially now when content farms are pumping out how to turn off your camera on Zoom calls so I can jerk off articles every week. Like it, there's no excuse to not know how To make sure this doesn't happen. I don't care how much of an accident it was. Or how bad you feel about it. You didn't have to take that risk. 
You don't have to jerk off in front of the camera during a work call. You can wait till the call is over and give yourself a well-deserved orgasm break in the privacy of your bedroom. But if you take that risk, you got to deal with the consequences. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This week on the podcast, I have got on uh, fellow stand-up comedian Dylan Adler. Looking forward to sharing that gay twin fest with you in a little bit. Uh, But first, uh, I want to let you know, I was on Keith and the Girl last week. Yeah, uh, episode number 3331. Yeah, they've done like over 3,300 episodes. Isn't that crazy? And I told them all about my glory hole. Uh, They had a lot of questions. Go check it out. You may remember earlier in quarantine, we did a March Madness bracket to determine the best man whore podcast episode of all time. And of course, it was episode 180, the oral sex auditions with my friend Roxanne. Well, you might be interested to know that uh, ooh, I finally did my very own oral sex audition with Roxanne. And you can see it in, <laughs> well, if you want to see what I look like when I do that, go check out the OnlyFans. We got that video available, baby. Uh, let's read some messages from you fine people. This first one uh, comes from Archimedes, addressing uh, some of the sadness I shared in last week's intro. He he says, your guest appearances on Keith and the Girl are some of my favorite episodes of all time. I'm scared, too, about November. I live in Texas with African-American daughters. Please get range time in if you're going to get a gun. Know how to quickly and effectively clear a jammed round. Know how to maintain sight picture. Know how to speed load a mag. Good luck and thanks for making me laugh. Well, fuck. Uh, The whole gun thing I know might might have uh, made some of y'all nervous. And if you want to be more nervous, like, I don't know what a jammed round is. I don't know what a sight picture is. I don't. I don't know what speed loading is. And I I kind of understand the concept of a mag. So, uh, oh boy. (laughs) If it makes anyone feel more comfortable, uh, I'm pretty sure I can't legally purchase a firearm in New York or New Jersey. I checked, but the amount of time it would take for me to even get like a a gun license would be long after the election. So that's bullshit, but also shows that our (laughs) gun control laws work locally. Maybe we should try them all federally so people like Billy Priscilla can't just go, like, randomly get a gun, right? Wouldn't that be... (laughs) If anyone was terrified at last week's intro, like, this is the reason why we need stricter gun laws in this country. Anyways, thanks for writing in, Archimedes. I think I'm just going to trust Megan with her machete. This next one comes from Isaac on OnlyFans. He uh, messaged me. He says, uh, I'm bouncing around your older podcasts and recently listened to the Naked Podcast where you interviewed a total stranger, in that case, a gay man. The whole time, I expected the topic of what each of you thought of the other's cock would be. I wondered how you'd feel face-to-face with a gay man's opinion. I don't count because I'm already a fan, and I'm a virtual ghost to you. I'm just curious because you're an enigma. You have the body of a 100% straight man, yet a deep and personable soul. What the fuck does that mean? Like, I know this is a nice, positive message, dude, but, like, what does that mean? I have the body of a straight man. You trying to say something? Look, quarantine's been stressful for me, and I'm working on it. (laughs) Also, what, like, straight men can't, like, have a deep and personable soul? Okay. You have an openness to your own and others' sexuality and not afraid to talk about it. 
Sorry that I'm rambling now. I guess I just wanted to say I'm not some drooling perv eager to get a glimpse of your dick. I'm actually much more into your chest hair. And I want you to know you're kind of a unique person that makes me rethink my initial intimidation of all straight men. Oh gosh, Isaac, thank, thank you for the kind message. Uh, and you too can send me an email with your comments, your questions, your criticisms to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Or, you know, as always, you can always, uh, you know, DM me on all my social media. I'm too lonely not to respond. Come on now. I like getting to know you strangers who listen to me talk about my dick every week. That's why uh, I had such a fun time on Sunday. We had another monthly man whore munch. Uh, that is a, a monthly Patreon only group Zoom chat where people don't take their dicks out. <laughs> we make everyone have their cameras on just to make sure. Uh this month's theme was getting off online. We talked a lot about the virtual sex. It was really cool. I had no idea that so many people were uncomfortable with uh, camming, like cam the cam, FaceTime sexing. A lot of people were saying that they were like, uh, they just don't know what to do. They don't know what to say, that there's some awkwardness with it, and that they'd rather just send uh, videos and pictures back and forth. And I was like, ah. And uh, the the monthly munches have been a nice way to to get some face to face non sexual chat time with your people. But you can become a member today, uh, and you can join us in the Peep Show at the ten dollar level, or you can join us for the monthly munches at the seven dollar level. Both of those levels get you access to over two hundred bonus episodes of the Man Whore Podcast, and that's available for all of my five dollar and up members. And hey, if you just want to support the show and be in a cool, sex positive Facebook group, get some extra bonus content behind the scenes stuff from time to time. Membership begins at just two dollars. It only takes two dollars to help keep the Man Whore Podcast running week in and week out. And you can become a member today at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. By the way, let me do a real quick fan whore appreciation moment and say thank you to Paul, who is our latest lurker in the peep show. Hey, come out and say hi, Paul. We'd love to know what you think. Test out the waters. Give a few compliments. That's a good way to get started. Just compliment people, and everyone's going to warm up to you. We'd love to get to know you, maybe even your dick, if you want to show it. But I am just personally very happy you're a member. Thanks for being cool. And a shout-out to Bethania Pena. Beth, uh, who just was a Bumble match from a couple years ago. We never hooked up, but I guess now she listens to the show. What up? (laughs) All right. Dylan Adler is a stand-up comedian here in New York City. He does uh, the musical comedy, which means that his YouTube videos will just always be more popular than mine. Uh, but he's also super funny, and I'm I'm going to link in the show notes to some of his YouTube videos that I like. You should check them out for sure. He came over. He masked up. You know, uh, I've started doing the ma- – I'm, I'm doing in-person interviews, but uh, – just to be safe, as it seems like we're on the cusp of either a spike or a decline, I'm I'm doing them masked. I've I bought longer XLR cables so I can sit further away from the guest. Dylan, we're talking about gay porn. We're talking about gay consent culture. We're talking about gay twins, and uh, we're talking about uh, sexual assault amongst men. You know, it's such a cool, fun, low key, non pressure topic. Let's get to my conversation with Dylan Adler. I remind listeners towards the end of this episode that if every single person who watches porn put a hundred dollars 
a year, just in the course of a year, into the porn industry, things would flourish, they would thrive, they could have craft services again. And a great ethical and affordable way to hashtag pay for some of your porn is at hotmovies.com. Yes, love this sponsor, always have, been working with them for years at this point. Hotmovies.com is a pay-per-minute porn site. And they license content from all of your favorite porn stars, all your favorite porn studios, doing all your favorite porn categories. They got kinky porn, they got straight porn, they got gay porn, they got ambiguously queer porn, they got it all. And when you go buy minutes at hotmovies.com using promo code MANHOR, and then you watch the videos, the those minutes, those dollars, that money, it trickles down back to the performers, back to the studios. So you can get off while doing your part to keep the adult entertainment industry thriving when you watch uh, titles such as, uh, what, what do we got here? Straight Chaser 22. Oh, they've chased so many straight guys. Uh, bottom Fishing, uh, Traveling Twinks, and uh, something called My Kind of Host, which uh, must be about just a, a very hospitable Airbnb host. I suppose. So again, go to hotmovies.com, use promo code manwhore, hashtag pay for some of your porn at hot movies, keeping them hot, keeping them movies. The Man Whore Podcast is proud to be sponsored by altplayground.net, the place to go for your next non-monogamous adventure. Yes, and we've got a big announcement from APG. Ah, oh, love this. APG is hitting the road with our dear friends, the Front Porch Swingers. Yep. You remember Brian from, I think it's episode 303 or 306. Uh, Brian, one half of the Front Porch Swingers, and Brenna, who you heard blowing me in Brian during her bonus episode. <laughs> they host a great podcast, Front Porch Swingers, and they're going to be traveling the United States in Alt Playground's new tour bus. Mmm. Watch out for APGs and Front Porch Swingers social media accounts for their travel schedule. You can join the fun when they're in your neck of the woods. They're going to be doing giveaways, socially distanced events, and much more. Don't forget, you can still try APG three days for $3.99 to test it out when you visit altplayground.net. That's A-L-T, playground.net. Now let's get to the show. Right now, I'm more focused on like um, moving back home and also, you know, comedy as much as I can of that. And like having a relationship right now to me seems like it's like I'm I'm so chaotic and I'm so already kind of like working on myself and like kind of a mess that it's like I feel like I can't get in a relationship so even if there wasn't covid you'd still be like i don't want to invite someone into this yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know i feel like if we're doing comedy right then it's never safe to invite someone into our situation yeah <laughs> what's, the, what's the work you're doing on yourself um doing a lot of therapy a lot of um uh trauma therapy stuff will because i i um i actually also haven't had sex in like two years Oh, because of um, because well, yeah, I get getting into it like um, is because of that thing. Yeah, yeah, five years ago I was raped, oh. and it's like I I was like for a while I was like kind of able to have sex, and I was like you know it was fine, but then like it kind of like for some reason like closed um, everything started closing in on me, and like I I didn't like contact or touching anyone, and so I'm like oh like it'd be so 
like uh, bad for me to have sex right now because I just freak out and it wouldn't be enjoyable. Oh shit, man! I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. You because you don't want you don't want to hear um, the the trauma rob the person of their sexuality. Exactly. That, exactly. That's that's you know that's one of the sadder uh, afterthoughts in my mind is that it, it takes that away from you. Yes. Which for many of us can be a coping mechanism, like myself. Yes. Yeah. For for me, I'm, I'm still horny as hell, and I watch porn all the time, and I'm oh. like, it's not, it's like it's not like that. I don't want to. It's like I really shouldn't right now for me. Oh, yeah, I'm but sorry to hear that. well, before we get into more, uh, get more into the trauma, I feel like they should know your name. <laughs> I feel like I should say, I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> we skip some steps, I guess. <laughs> no, we're here right now with a very funny comedian, Dylan Adler. Thank you, I've been a fan of his stuff, uh, online for a minute since I got introduced to you through the Keith and the Girl world. Yes, and I was like, you do some really fucking dark musical comedy. <laughs> that's that's my bag, that's my jam. Uh, <laughs> yes, so. Weird Al, if he were like fucked up or yeah. something. <laughs> well, I well, I mean, because you you know got into it so quickly. I one of the reasons I'd reached out to you was just because I you know I've also experienced that thing. Yeah, in a, yeah. In, it sounds like a less violent way, and but. I was like, oh man, you just like talk and you make it funny. I haven't figured out how to make my rape funny. Yeah. Um, my rape for me also not traumatic. It just just is for me. Okay, yeah. Um, but to hear you like make it so fucking hilarious, I was like, oh, that was, uh, that was great. I really appreciate that. And actually like for uh for me for like a while I felt like I couldn't um make jokes about it or like for me it was like the thing i i avoided talking about it for so much because i'm like oh there's like no people like people don't want to hear this or also i thought because i'm a guy and if i talk about this on stage people won't believe me mm. and they'll be like oh you're making a joke about this obviously that didn't happen to you like because like men boys don't get raped exactly right. that's something i like totally struggled with immediately after the rape i was like whoa, whoa like why am i feeling this um did you use that word for it right away i didn't what you what did you think happened i was like i honestly thought about it i was like oh that that was just kind of like um like a like i thought oh that was kind of like a crazy situation like you know i, I thought of it as like bad sex i guess that's what i thought of it as or just like you know I literally was like, thought of myself as like, oh my God, I'm crazy. I'm like, I'm a slut. I'm like, whoa, that was weird. Um, it was more like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Or uh -huh. just like, oh, what a like, I, I like, why did I decide to go home with this guy? Like, mm -hmm. whoa, that was crazy. I shouldn't have. Yeah. Right. But then upon like talking about it more and saying, um, I was like, it was like only a year later where I was like, oh yeah, that, that was rape. And that really had a, a big effect on me. So it really wasn't until later I, I like called it that. Yeah. I also like was, I, I was very weird about sharing the, like using that word for it. It always felt strange, especially because mine wasn't like some sort of violent, like hold me down thing. Yeah. Uh, mine wasn't like I was super, super drunk. Mine was like, I just said no and she did it anyway. And then I kept saying no and she kept going. And then, yeah. you know, I made and calculations in my head of how I should react. You'll hear a lot of women say, oh, well, I made these calculations in my head. So it's like, there's this, you know, not consent, but kind of um, acceptance of what's happening and letting it happen because you don't want some other worst thing to happen. They yeah. Say, I didn't fight back because I don't want to get otherly damaged. Right? Yes. You know? That's a coping mechanism to like to kind of freeze. 
Yeah. Yeah. That is like a, I, I totally understand what you're saying because mine also wasn't like a textbook, like, you know, he knocked a bottle over my head and then it was like, it was like a, it was a, it was a consent thing too. And I was like, afterwards, I felt like, like I saw myself in the mirror and I was like literally shaking. I was like, whoa, what the, what's good? Like, why this guy looks kind of crazy. I don't know what's going on with him. And then, um, that night I like couldn't fall asleep. So I knew what, like something was wrong. What, what, ha- what happened that night that me, that it wasn't to you like this, vi- I guess I, you know what, I guess what happened that night that it was I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this. It's like, I think people th- hear that word and they think it looks a certain way. Yeah. Um, you, you're saying like, it wasn't this, you know, movie scene. Not, it was yeah. just a really fucking bad consent violation. So what did that look like for you? If you're, you don't mind sharing. Um, I, is it okay if I don't? I yes, don't of sharing. course. Thank, Thank you, you for taking care of yeah, yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I, oh, the, no one ever says no to the questions. I go like, please take care of you. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, with me, you know, my calculation was I realized that like if I was going to physically defend myself, yeah. um, which in my case would have been just shoving this woman off of me. Yeah. Um, I knew that if I shove her hard enough off of me and she falls off this bed, like if she hits her head the wrong way, I think guess who's going away in handcuffs. Mm-hmm. So I go like, I guess I have voiced no enough. She's going to keep doing it. I can make, I can risk that or I can yeah. just wait till this is done. <laughs> yeah. My next morning was more of a, like, I just felt sad because I was like, I didn't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. That thing happened. <laughs> yeah. It does. It does feel like, um, Mine, I mean, not going into detail, mine was similarly like a no wasn't like respected and also like alcohol and like other like, but um, I, I feel, wait, what were you going to say? No, no, keep going. Um, like the next day it kind of felt like <laughs> I, I like took three showers that night mm-hmm. and I was like, it, it still felt like, um, yeah, I, I was trying to like, I still, it just, I felt like so weird and like out of my body and did you call anybody um i called my parents i called my i called my mom to kind of like like and dad to kind of say what happened and you know my mom out of love was like why did you decide to like go home with that like it was like that what what were you thinking like that was just like you know you shouldn't have done and uh, like it kind of made me feel bad but then my dad was actually like He's like, oh man, is he was like, well, I'm I'm sorry that that happened to you, and then like it was just like floodgates. Like I started crying because I was like, oh, I, I guess I needed to hear like something not good happened happened to me. Yeah, like to have it affirmed and validated in a way. Yeah, like, exactly. Because for the whole day, and even for like many, like and still, I, I felt like crazy. I'm like, I had this like huge reaction over nothing. That's you, what I thought. And your parents already knew that you were gay at the time? Yes. Okay, because yes. that would have been like a That would have been like a double out. whammy. <laughs> oh my God. Like, can, can we like first start with like, how do you feel about queers? Um, yeah, exactly. Because I may not want to share the second thing. Exactly. Depending afterwards. I would, if that were the thing, I'd probably like taper it. <laughs> I'd be like, first I'm gay. Yeah, yeah but like, um, yeah, that kind of like, kind of sucked a little bit, but... Yeah. I think they both come around in a way. What was like the wording you used when, like before you accepted it or called it what it was? What kind of wording did you use? I called it the event. I called it the, the event. incident. 
The incident. I called it like, uh, yeah, I called it the event or the incident. And mm-hmm. like literally. They all sound just like, you know, dramas on ABC. <laughs> <laughs> Thursdays at night. The event. The event. Yes. <laughs> the incident. It's not like the new uh, This Is Us. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I would call it. And it wasn't until like um, like a year later. I would I called it like the I called it a rape which is uh which is what it was and that's what yours was mm. too. So and, and was there something that made you change that terminology? Um I think it was a therap- therapist who was like, "Well, yes, your your consent wasn't respected and you couldn't consent, so it's like, yes, your that was a rape." I was like, "Yeah, that's right." And it like after that um it kind of made me feel validated and like mm-hmm. in my emotions around how I felt uh, like it's effect on me kind of. What were, what were like some of your sexual experiences afterwards? Like, yeah, I think um, my experience, sexual experiences. Well, they, they were, I was a little more kind of cautious. I would be like, Hey, like, is it okay if we just like, do like a blowjob and and then they're like yeah cool which um, by what a ridiculous question because like i will have i've had women as say the same thing to me they'll be like do you mind if we only do a blowjob i go like only do a blowjob this is great what? oh my god if, you know, some, like, if a guy were to tell me that it'd be like heaven it's, heaven it's insane to me what like anyone who says like no to just a blowjob you shouldn't do anything with that's a crazy person. <laughs> yes what yeah, like unless they're particularly adverse to blowjobs, like you're nuts. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and I always like whenever I would say that, I get so nervous and I'd be like, "Oh my god, this is like such a he must think I'm a freak for asking if I just do a blowjob." But like normally, it turns out that it's not a big deal. Yeah, I don't um, know if you know this, but like queer men are like ranked at the highest of people who use glory holes. So I mean, <laughs> it is <laughs> okay. Good to know about my community. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Basically, I would just kind of like, you know, be like, yeah, can we just like not go further than a blowjob? And like, for the most part, like some of the like the sexual experiences I had after were like pretty positive. And I'd had like some like fairly good connections with people and um, like sexual experiences that felt like good and positive and like um, walked away like feeling good. Um, But then I think like. Uh, something happened where it was like um i had one sexual experience that it wasn't like i wouldn't call it assault or like you know anything but it just like for some reason like it kind of sent my body back into like a bad like trauma place yeah and then ever since then like i just really couldn't have like a sexual experiences without like kind of feeling panicked and really kind of dissociated Damn. yeah did you did you try just dating without the sex element or um I didn't because I I was also at that time really getting into comedy. Yeah. And that really took up most of my life so I thought like why would I like invest in a guy when I'm like so much more passionate about like doing stand up and yeah. improv and stuff. And I always thought like I would feel weird I and I still sometimes feel this way where it's like what guy would like want to date me if there's like no sex involved. Hmm. But I know that there are p- 
people out there who are who are like willing. Yeah, right? there's so, asexual people, asexual right? People, that sounds yes. dem- the demisexuals. Yes, like, they they like the sex, but only after a while. So there's a slow ramp up. You yes, know? Uh, that that seems like that could be a, a good dating pool. Totally to tap into. Totally, totally. <laughs> um, that's so true. And I think um, I'm like I'm, I may like. If I like decide to date, would like be interested in that and get into that. They're but, big on the cuddles. Oh, you know, you know, I, it's like and just the not the cuddles where they try to get stuff going during yeah. it, but like an, a genuine cuddle. I, I like a genuine cuddle. <laughs> yeah. I'm big spoon. I like being big spoon. Big spoon. Ah, uh, uh, me. I know I don't look it, but small spoon right here. <laughs> big I love time that. Small spoon. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. Uh, the sometimes the confused look on a woman's face uh, who is like five foot two, but I ask to big spoon me. Ooh, it's interesting. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's great. That's beautiful. Just gotta keep them on their toes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, and with something that you do that's so great with your comedy is like you turn fucking trauma into hilarity. Oh, good. What, has your you stand-up think. always been like that? that? I mean, you do a lot. I should say, like, y'all, you do some musical comedy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, have have the songs always been that dark? Um. Actually, no. I kind of started off doing a lot of like musical impressions, or like I like to do like uh this is um if lin-manuel miranda and michael buble did a christmas duet or like this is a musical theme like they were like kind of um like little musical bits or like um little musical segments but it wasn't until like last year that i thought why don't i like try making musical comedy out of like what actually affects me Mm. like what i think about every day and what i like kind of what I'm really going through. And um, that was like one of like the most like a uh, freeing, like uh, my, like, oh, op- like um, mind opening and freeing experiences to be able to talk, like try to make comedy out of like trauma. And I think I, uh, my friend Kelly Bachman, who, mm-hmm. um, if you don't know her, she is like a, a, a incredible comedian who's um called out harvey weinstein at a show it's very fun trying to describe like kelly or, <laughs> yes. or amber to someone Cause, yes because like, if they don't know comedy but they just watch the news kinda, yeah they just watch the you news go, like, you remember that news item where yeah. so there was a comedy show and someone yelled at harvey yes it was that at harvey her <laughs> she had a show called um rape jokes by survivors that she had me on and doing that show was like totally like life-changing and like i'm like oh my god i can't this is so affirming and so and i'm working with her on like uh we we did a show an hour-long show about rape trauma and so that is like um that that's been something that's like really helped me and Mm -hmm. yeah all right. and, but but you're also like a baby. You're like what twenty four or something yeah, 24. like that. So I just think like <laughs> oh, like some of your horniest years are like being uh, kept <laughs> under. <laughs> That's what I think, and I'm like I'm also like I'm like trying to you know like run and like where and I'm like just for my own mental health. But I'm also like damn, I can't believe I'm like wasting all this horniness. You're, you're wasting the good hair years. Yes, the good hair. I'm wasting all this horniness on like not having sex. But it's yeah, I'm like but it's okay. But also, I'm like, damn, like, there's some people who've, like, like, uh, expressed interest. I'm like, okay, just, like, wait three years and, like, may, like, don't, like, don't forget this. Wait for me. <laughs> don't, yeah, wait for me. Yeah. Well, the other thing I think, because, so you have a twin brother who yeah. is also gay. Yeah. And so part of me thinks, like, oh, do you just, like, kind of have to, 
that's the best way to I feel like live vicariously through <laughs> someone sexually. Oh, that's funny. It's like I have this like sort of clone replica who also likes dick. It's like I can. <laughs> You know, that's also what i call him my clone replica who also likes dick <laughs> oh that's cool yeah so <laughs> um he i actually don't live vicariously through him because he's a bottom <laughs> uh, oh and then yeah. are you not yeah i'm a i'm a top ah that's yeah. very interesting now how did you two find out that information <laughs> was there a day y'all just decided to be like um i guess it was technically the day we were born <laughs> just kidding um <laughs> I don't know. I think he just kind of discovered it through his own, and I discovered it through my own. Like, well, I meant own. like how, like the, how the the information exchange. Oh, like like was there a day all just like hanging out, be like, what you top or bot? Like, oh. I've never had a brother, so I just don't oh, know what brotherly okay. talks. Are. I really don't remember when he said that, <laughs> but I guess like he's just <laughs> always been a bottom and always will be. No, um, I think. Uh, I don't know. I forget when he told me, but I think he just kind of figured it out. And I kind of like figured it out. Like my first sexual experience was a pretty positive experience. And I bottomed and um, he was like super great and nice. And like, you know, we, we like talked a lot before and like, we still like talk, but uh, like, I was like, Oh yeah, that was like, I, I bottomed cool. But I was like, maybe it's like, maybe this isn't my thing. And then I realized like, yeah, it's not, it's not my thing. So wait, so when, um, what's the come which one of you two came out first like what i guess i guess what like what was that whole experience yeah tell me th come on we you know you know <laughs> all the things that we all who are listening right now yes, want to know. Yes. it's like come on it, fucking yeah. gay twins it's, exactly exactly <laughs> so <laughs> i don't um, even know how to phrase a question it, just, it's I'm like, like a, it's a pilot it's like I do it. i have to because like you know yes come on, just yes tell <laughs> <laughs> well um me, well, me and my uh, high school friends, one of our high school friends came out to um, me and my brother as trans. And that night we were driving home from like that group, that hang. And we were like, oh my, that's so brave of her. And we were just really admiring her. And I think I told my brother kind of offhandedly, like, honestly, like the most porn I watch is of guys. And he was like, me too. And I was like, oh, so we're both gay and this means we're gay and that means i guess we gotta come out to everyone else then oh yeah it was that it was that it's just that easy that that car ride yeah it was like kind of like i think me like being open with my brother about like admitting like i mean like what who am i kidding like all most of the porn i watch is of guys and maybe one out of 20 times i'll really try with some straight porn mm -hmm. but i'll just end up watching the guy yeah <laughs> and then he's like yeah same and how long had you been had you known that though before before that um well i knew i was attracted to guys ever since i was like three <laughs> yeah um and i think i went through like where i kind of had crushes on guys and girls like through childhood middle school i had crushes on guys and girls and i actually like felt attracted to girls in middle school too but then in high school i was like oh it's like definitely i'm just attracted to guys mm -hmm. and like that's like really where i feel where i feel like who i feel most attracted to where'd, and, you, go, where'd you grow up again uh bay area san francisco area so so i gotta imagine being like you know just being like a young kid who knows there's something different was it do you feel like that was a better place to 
go through that than you, most places in the country? I feel compared if like compared to like I don't know like Just the, the south or like you heard, know yeah. it's definitely better. But also it was like definitely not e. I mean not easy. There was so many like homophobe like my high school was like very homophobic and like mm. there was some queer kids who were out but like they would be like be they would be like called fags every day and like some of them were like literally beat up like so it like wasn't like a safe it definitely i did not feel like i could come out mm. like safe like or just like confidently but um I feel like compared to other places, it was better. But I mean, still, like people think of the Bay Area as this, like, oh my god, everyone is so. But like, still, there was so much um, homophobia and you know bad stuff. But do you think it was helpful that you know when you started your coming out experience that like you had, like you you and your brother had each other's hand to hold on to as you both jumped off. A bridge. Golden, yes. Golden Gate. <laughs> well, we both jumped off um, the Golden Gate. Good reference. No, but just the idea is like, <laughs> like, you guys get to both like kind of go through that together and like have that inherent support system sounds really comforting. It actually really, really was. I was really lucky to have him because coming out is such a like scary kind of thing to do. And it was like, if we came out to our family it's or whoever, it's like, well, if you don't like one of us, you don't like both of us. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, we're a package, bitch. <laughs> and it's like, it's so like l- l- nice to have that kind of comfort. And um, we were really lucky that um, for the most part, people were um, accepting and nice. And I guess that like... I- that's due to like where we live geographically and mm. I'm really lucky that we are, we live there. And parents were all good. Yeah. Parents were very, yeah. yeah they were like, they were pretty much like kind of waiting because my brother came out first and then I came out after. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and also, and do you have other siblings or? Yeah. I have an older sister. Okay. And so then I assume everything was kosher there too. Yeah. And- well, she, she, um, she has low functioning autism and lives at home. So um, I'm not sure she understands what gay is, but like, I'm sure, I'm sure she's down with it. Yeah. She's down with the rainbows. <laughs> she's down with the good. rainbows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. awesome. Cause so many people, I, you know, right. It's like I'm, the, the whole thought, the fear is always oh, my family gonna ditch me. But like, you know, you have this one, whether no matter what everyone else says it's exactly not like, it's not like they're gonna only accept one of you being gay and then cast out the other exactly exactly it's like it's like we're a package it's like if it's if no one if no one's on our side then it's like at least we both have each other and yeah um and it really made me and my brother so much closer and like we were kind of like fighting all the time before we came out but then after we came out we kind of chilled out and didn't fight as much and we we became like um like best friends again did either of you two like have like suspicions about the other before all of this yeah well my brother um kind of i remember one time uh hinted at the fact that like maybe like just freshman year in high school he's like okay so this year i feel like i've been half attracted to girls and half attracted to guys mm-hmm. and i was like kind of internalized homophobia at that time so i was like oh my god please be attracted to girls <laughs> just be attracted to girls please because <laughs> if you're gay then like i have to come yeah, out exactly too. and like he was like don't come out to the school because if you come out then it means 
That you're just like holding your shared exactly. closet closed, right? It's exactly. Like fucking... <laughs> because we pe- we pretty much like represent <laughs> we like represent one another. So at a bare minimum, someone would see you thinking you were him. Exactly. Because twin. <laughs> exactly. So basically, we had to like <laughs> we had to like um, consult with one another on big decisions like coming out. <laughs> um, I remember one time there was like a school assembly. There was like um. Uh, in advisory period, there was like a projection of someone whose voice was like muted and their face wasn't shown. And he's like, yeah, I'm a gay kid and I don't feel safe coming out at this school. At this school, it doesn't feel like a welcoming environment. Blah, blah, blah. And so talking about that. And then my brother texted me in all caps was like, was that you? You have to consult me. People are thinking I'm gay too. So you can't just go off and do that. And I'm like, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you find that uh, do you two have very different tastes in men yes we do so, besides the top bottom difference yeah we yeah. really do it's so funny so i my brother my brother's type is kind of bears so his type is basically he like you would be his type i think i want to lose enough weight that i'm not <laughs> anymore but like I, yeah i appreciate yeah. it <laughs> his type i'm describing is like you know, bear, but also like if Pooh Bear kept his stomach but had ar- had like m- arm muscles. Yeah, like yeah, only did arm day. Yeah, only did arm day. Like that's his type. Yeah. He also really likes um. He's kind of like a a. He likes tall guys too. Mm. Um, and me, I guess I, um, I guess like twinks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if anything, but like I I don't like to because I really find like all kind of. Um, bodies and people beautiful so but if if anything i guess that was a very judicious yeah huffing and post approved answer <laughs> I, I just for the record i'm into all the bodies yeah just I, for the record primarily I'm into all, twinks, the bodies. <laughs> all the bodies but mostly twinks yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like <laughs> that's so cool and but and but obviously so the last couple of years though have been no dating, no sex. You know, what are some of the things you've been like able to get? Like, have you seen yourself make some progress with the healing, with the therapy? I do because yeah. I feel I'm doing this treatment called EMDR, um, which what? is I've been doing a lot of like talk therapy, which is like, I mean, it helped me a little bit, but like until I started doing EMDR, like what's EMDR? It's a trauma treatment where you um, hold these two. Um, kind of vibrating um vibrating plates that it kind of basically takes you back to a traumatic moment but then it will make the traumatic memory less um uh less overwhelming for you so you're, you're able holding to like vibrating plates yeah vib- a vibrating does it really um, it does it really put and it really puts you back into it the really time? it's crazy because you know the scientology you know what they're what an audit is right like they literally hold two cans oh really like yeah, somebody like asks two... some and then they ask questions yeah they like one vibrates the other it goes left right left right vibrating and um it uh it like really accesses your subconscious and what you repress or whatever and it um i did i've done like like 15 emdr sessions and it's it's helped it, that that has helped for sure What what's the difference you've seen in yourself since starting that um i've been able to I think um, I still sometimes feel like um, the trauma, but I'm able to like have perspective on it. And I'm like, oh, it, it's, it doesn't, 
completely take over my body as much and I'm able to like still feel my feet on the ground mm-hmm. if I feel overwhelmed and I mean I, I like just have more perspective on myself and other parts of myself because um yeah it just like gets me better acquainted with like different parts of myself that um that were affected by trauma if, if that makes sense a little bit, a little, <laughs> yeah. bit a little bit. I got a little lost in there, but it's, Next, yeah, sure, but, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, as long as it's working for you, that's what's important. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, because because again, it's like you know, you you would hope for like if you know, you I I hear your story on these other podcasts, and I go like, man, like I really want it to, you know, like I want you want it to get better because. I'm just sure. really interested in everyone being able to fuck how they want to. Like, that's a, yes, a big thing like, for me. Yeah, so. the, <laughs> yes, and that's, like, the main thing I've been, like, I've felt better emotionally, but I'm also, like, fuck, I want to, like, be able to, like, I used to be such a touchy person, and I used to really, like, um, I used to really, like, enjoy sex, and I want to kind of rediscover that when I'm, when it's all, when I'm ready. So that's been, like, totally, like, a thing that i've been thinking about have you considered some like low-level sexual activity that wouldn't involve the touching um uh i have but i think like being in a room and say like masturbating with someone but not actually touching anybody yeah i've thought and actually like i've um i've thought about it and i've done like i've done like you know some low-level stuff but even like i even think like you know for now Maybe mm-hmm. maybe not. Sure. Maybe not yeah. I'm not pushing. Yeah, <laughs> just, just throwing out there. Yeah, but I do really because I used to be like, I used to like, I love like hugging my friends and I love like being. I love dancing with my. I love like just be. I would like, I would go cra- like I had like um. I one time had like uh, sex in a bathroom in Stonewall. <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> yes, yes. I like framed it as like the pinnacle of sexual success, but it was like okay. It was like we. I basically uh, found this couple, and then mm. they. I was like, Dan, I found myself sandwiched by this couple. They're from Brazil, and they were visiting New York. And one of them was like, "Let's go to the bathroom." I'm like, uh, "Yeah, let's go to the bathroom." And so. Um, we like kind of jacked each other off and then I kind of blew them and then we all finished in the toilet and we were like, oh, <laughs> let's head out there, boys. <laughs> because the Stonewall bathroom, we can't sully with jizz on the floor. <laughs> Not like I mean, it was painted historic. with jizz. Yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> this isn't the Ritz. I think you can come on the <laughs> floor in the Stonewall. Ritz. Come on. You could come on the dance floor of Stonewall. I think it's fine. Yes, you can. Uh, and I, but it's very considerate of y'all to aim for the. It toilet. was very considerate, and then we walked out, and then there was this, there was a big line, and this girl was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> and then we were promptly kicked out. What? I know. You didn't look at her and be like, "This isn't your space." <laughs> well, she might have been. Cubby queer. hole is down the street. Oh she might have been queer, <laughs> so I don't know. But um, we were promptly kicked out, and then like. We were like, oh, what's your Facebook? And then we, we got each other's Facebook and then they they uh, took a taxi and then uh, a year later they got married. So I, I do feel like I'm a part of their yeah. love story. And, and But that type of situation, that situation was still in this time where like you were still good with, like you, like, you were, yeah, you were I was still, still responding like, I was well still li- to everything. liking sex and, you know, having like doing, like, you know, 
yeah like liking sex and having um it be pleasurable pleasurable that was during a time during that but um not saying i want to like do that again but like i would like to return to a place where like contact feels like good and safe and pleasurable sure i also feel like with all this time off you have like all the time in the world to really like go through like what type of fancy like what do i want to do sure like i I feel like you can come out of this with like a real list of like here 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 are the life's worth of fantasies i would like to to go after one day a literal scroll i'll come out with that'll hit a literal (laughs) scroll that'll hit the ground (laughs) like of fantasies yeah you know, so like, you know, the gay men are typically seen as like hypersexual, which we know is a stereotype and not super true. But do yeah. you feel like th- does does the does your journey that you're going through right now feel at all like it, it alienates you from that community? Do you, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, in some respects, the gay I've told like some gay because, you know, there there's such a. Yes, that's like the hypersexuality of the gay community and a lot of like my gay friends or even like friends who are like women will like grab my ass or like, you know, spank me for fun and I have to be like, hey, is, can you not spank my ass? And then like, but um, but you're my gay friend. I but, I and then they're like, but, but like, you're my, but it's like, what? And then my gay friends are like, what the fuck, bitch? Like, why is so, so sensitive about it, honey? Like, <laughs> But um, and doesn't it suck that like you can't just say I would like you not do that? But now, like, in order to justify what is a normally a totally fine boundary, you have to now like share trauma just to shut them up. Because exactly. if you just said I don't want to, you're gonna get shit. If you say, "Well, I was raped," then I know, they'll be exactly. like, "Oh, okay." I know. So like, why can't you just say no? Like, exactly. Why- because then they think it's like, "Oh, you don't like me? What the fuck, bitch?" Like, you're like, "Like you're my bitch," and then it's like, "No," because like rape trauma. They're like. <gasps> Oh my god. Yeah, I'm not that? a sex in the city character. Exactly. Like, you know? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, so yeah, in a way, like in that way, and I, I I think more queers and more gay men are talking about like the like how like, you know, in the queer like gay queer and gay community, like consent practices are like pretty shitty, pretty bad. Like and I know so many gay men who have been raped and who have been assaulted and it's like something that's kind of coming up now but i do know like like sometimes i've like talked to like um gay people or gay friends who are like like what preposterous what like when i don't want to be touched or want or want to like put a stop to something now again i'm just a straight fucking breeder boy so like my opinion (laughs) doesn't matter but something i hear sometimes is that yeah, when Me Too started coming out, um, the idea of like a lot of different worlds, whether it's sexual, like communities like a queer community or scenes like certain types of workplaces, like the restaurant world or comedy, whatever, all having a reckoning with consent culture and basically how to like in, um, incorporate consent into their cultures. Yeah. Something I have heard has been, say, gay men going like, yeah, but like going up and grabbing uh, a dude you don't know that well by the dick is a way to say hello. So sure. almost as if like not practicing full consent is part of the culture. And, yeah. and I, I asked Sam Morrison about this and he got very nervous and like couldn't, didn't really want to answer. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, do you think that like the gay community is facing a reckoning with how they t- how we touch each other in public? Yes. 
I'm like, actually, um, you know, I'm glad you brought it up because there is such a culture of like, you know, like gay, like gay men greeting each other, like Hong Kong, like grabbing each other's or like, like the way that gay men like, you know, feel up women. They're like, huh? You know, just like, and and like, like whoever, like they, there's this, like, it's part of the culture. And, um, I do kind of, I, in, in that way, like, that's why I don't really go to like those spaces anymore because it's like there's some kind of like feeling of like oh you're like kind of you know up for grabs a little bit but there's like something the um consent and what people feel comfortable with is something that needs to be like addressed in the gay community because um it it's like not always okay to just kind of like put your hand down someone's pants if they don't want it or like you know you know yeah and again me, I, you know, my opinion doesn't matter, but I just think that, like, you know, someone thinking that, um, in, um, incorporating like affirmative consent into those casual, non sexual, but sexual grabs and whatnot. Yeah. I feel like that can be, like, it, I don't think it has to be an affront to the culture to ask because, like, yeah, just because in straight land, if you go up to someone at the nightclub, like, it's not appropriate to ask, like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. Can I grab you? Can I give you a little squeeze? That's inappropriate in like say at like you know yeah. some Chelsea what was uh you know whatever like nightclub yeah but yeah. maybe in like the gay culture it's appropriate to ask yeah and then you still can get the yes or no but uh, you know it's it's okay to say like oh you know you know you're with like some girlfriends be like oh you want to sque- you know playfully squeeze a tit I feel like you can ask like mm, hey honey yeah. you want you mind if I squeeze your boobies yeah exactly and she's or- like yeah sure and then you still get to do your Hong Kong yeah but you ask whereas <laughs> I cannot just casually go up to someone it's like oh hey can I squeeze your boobies yeah not part of the culture yeah <laughs> right? yeah there's no harm in ask- I think asking should be a bigger thing and like I mean like I used to I used to like when it's like I didn't I used to not mind when like people would grab my ass i'm like yeah sure but like now i i kind of i don't Intense, yeah yeah now it's like it makes me feel like a little you know uh but it's unfortunate that you don't feel comfortable in like you know the spaces that are supposed to be kind of your spaces yes yes um because then you have to the only other space i feel like that you could say like this is, these are one of my spaces the commie spaces and those are sad <laughs> like i want you to like yeah. you should be able to still have your Imagine I go space. to a straight bar because I'm like, oh, I'm at the straight bar because this is a safe space for me. This is <laughs> the one place space I know men me. are not going to randomly I'm going to go to an me. Irish pub because like, this is not my safe space. <laughs> <laughs> You're just looking for the one place like men won't grab your ass. like. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also, and also kind of, I think there's like, there's more talk about it in queer spaces. And I think there are some queer spaces that are like more on board with that. Like, mm-hmm. So I feel like it's getting better, but like for the, yeah, I, I definitely have felt that um, kind of, yeah, just, just ask, just ask. Sure. It's, it's, it's cool to ask. Yeah. Sure. Have you, and uh, I, I, I know you are, uh, but a young one, but like, have you experienced love? Oh, um, I don't think I've, ex- I've experienced kind of like the onset of like feelings and like, you know, oh my God, like, uh, or like, like, oh, this, like thinking about this. I mean, I've gotten like big crushes on people who I've gone on a couple of dates with, mm. but I don't think I've experienced like love, love yet. I remember like before quarantine, there was a guy who I was kind of like, I could feel myself kind of getting feelings for. And I was actually like, ha- I was like, oh, cool. I can feel love again. It's like, because I thought for a while, like, oh, I won't be able to feel this because of the trauma, but like, is like, oh, yes, I can feel. So I don't think I felt like love, love, but like, 
like a like feelings yeah oh that's great well at least you can you know you get still get to tap into that yes that's nice that that's not robbed of you as well yes 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 is there anything else that you feel like you want to share with us today Ooh, um uh, let me think um nothing really comes to mind right now um i've been watching a lot of um good um I just watch porn all the time. That's pretty much it. <laughs> and, w- and what's the type of porn you're you're, you're watching? Oh, uh, there's this great site called Peter Fever where it's um, great Asian gay porn, and I like to watch some good Peter Fever. Yeah, Peter Fever. But that's Asian gay porn. Yeah, Asian gay porn. Is there something about that phrase that's particularly Asian? I get Peter Fever because yeah. Peter's penis. Yes. But what's the Asian element of the guy's name is Peter? Who uh, like oh, it's a it. go- it's a particular yeah. performer site. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's gotcha. a particular performance site, <laughs> and I've uh, been watching some good um, uh, non non white gay porn, which is which is good. I think healthy. Um, <laughs> I like watching old and young. I like. Uh, sometimes watching an age difference i like um you'll like that until you start like the age difference in you you're gonna like age difference porn until you get older and then all of a sudden you're the older guy and you're like wait fuck when did that happen i thought i was (laughs) boyish and young and handsome (laughs) what oh no (laughs) like the first time someone calls you daddy you go like ah shit i'm getting old it's like well i'm not a daddy (laughs) it's like oh boy oh no I, I like watching when Asians top. Like Asians don't really, because there's also within the gay community, like kind of, um, I think a washdown of like kind of stereotypes and white supremacy. Like a, there's like a stereotype Asians only bottom. But um, there, I mean, even I, in the grander scheme of entertainment, there's this like I, only until maybe the last like five ten years when they've kind of started. And I even mm. um, there's the idea of like. Asian boy, Asian guys don't fuck. Like they're desexualized. Yeah, um, they they weren't portrayed in like an attractive, like sexually desirable way. Right. And um, I think um, they're like who's the earliest Asian male romantic protagonist you can think of? I don't know John Cho from Howard and Kumar go to White Castle, and like that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first time I- like um, there's a there's more now, but it's like it's like come on more more more. It's good that's happening, but more. Yeah, the Asian guy can get the girl or the guy too. Like yes. why is that? You know. So I feel like that's a that yeah. the the. the, the the Asian guy, gay guys bottoming as a stereotype, like almost feeds into this idea that like y'all can't be like sexually in charge. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think there's more, like I'm seeing more like uh, porn where Asians top, but, um, and also like Asians can bottom and top too. My brothers are, t- and I love them dearly. So it's like representation, <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, that, that's also something I like to see. All right. Yeah, just any non-white points. <laughs> do you do any anything without the white people? <laughs> yes. Right. Do you do you pay for any of your porn? Hmm. I don't. None of it. None of it. Hmm. Maybe I should. Maybe if I I will throw this out there that a a, a long time industry vet shared with me a while back. She said if everyone who watches porn, which is basically everyone, put a hundred dollars a year. Yeah. Not even $100, just $100 over the course of a year, each year, into their porn viewing. Yeah. It would reinvigorate the industry again. 
They oh, could, the, the sure. porn stars could start having craft services again because they oh, used to get craft services I'm and they sure, don't anymore. I'm sure. Yeah. Every once in a while, like just buy a clip. Every once in a while, subscribe to that OnlyFans. And then like over a year, you've put money into that world again. Yes. And it does. So it's like, it's not like don't never pay for your porn, but like sometimes pay for your porn. Just a little totally. bit, just a pinch here and there. Sprinkle oh. it out. Oh, Dylan, well, thanks for coming out and chatting with me. Thank uh, you. It's, like I said, it's nice to finally meet you. Yes, Herbson. nice to finally meet you. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, you know, where can... Look, people, Dylan's songs are fucking <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Uh, you have to go watch and listen to them. Dylan, where can they go enjoy your hilarity? Uh, thank you. You can find me on Instagram at Dylan Adler underscore... And on Twitter, at Dylan Adler 6. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all the places uh, I'm doing. Do you have, like, videos on YouTube? Yeah, videos on YouTube. Okay. You can find comedy videos on uh, YouTube. Um, yeah. That's all right. Of, that's I'll, 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 I'll link to it in the show notes, folks. Great. I wouldn't emphasize it so much if they haven't actually made me laugh many a time. Um, <laughs> you're great. Thanks for opening up and, and, and sharing with us. Oh, and thank thanks you so for much. not sharing where you didn't want to share. Yes. Thank Good you very you. much. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Stand-up comedians are very insecure, needy, anxious people, and one of the best ways to make us less anxious, less needy, and a little less self-conscious is to shout us out on social media. Yep, Dylan and I would both love to know what you thought about our conversation. Uh, he dropped his handles. You know my Twitter is at the Billy Prasita. My Instagram is at Billy is Prasita, which you have to type the whole thing out because guess what? I am shadow banned again. Uh, <laughs> and if you want to get yourself some man whore merch or enjoy some fun sex positive memes on the daily, go smash that like button on the man whore podcast Facebook fan page. And uh, well, if you want to see me and Roxanne having some fun together, as well as just ugh, drool over my nudes, ugh, not during a Zoom work call, my username over on that platform is call me Billy. I am so grateful for uh, every one of my Patreon members who has made room for me in their monthly budgets. I know times are tough. I know money's tight for many of us, me as well. And that's why every dollar matters. Every dollar counts. Uh, I, I love the $2 members just as much as I love the $50 members. Uh, you all mean so much to me because y'all allow me to, well, to do this instead of spending my day doing Postmates nonstop. Can't do a lot of podcasting when I'm running around New York City getting rich people stuff from Dwayne Reed. So uh, if you got it, uh, membership begins at just $2. Uh, and you can become a member today and support this podcast at patreon.com slash Podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. And if you want to send me an email with your comments, your questions, your criticisms, titty pictures from now on, Send me a tip. Hey, I'm an OnlyFans babe now. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, y'all can shoot me an email at manwhorepod at gmail.com. Next week, uh, so long as nothing goes wrong in between now and one o'clock tomorrow, you'll be hearing me catch up with, uh, let's just say she's the closest thing to a work flirt I think I ever had back in my days as a fact checker at uh, In Touch Weekly. And you can also hear the story about what we almost did on my last day in the office. Tune in next week. 
do your thing. Check your fucking camera before you jerk off on Zoom. And stay slutty. <laughs>